and welcome. Yeah, get the right distance. You want to sign away? Yeah, peace sign away. I've been told. Oh yeah, yeah, looks good. Uh, hello and welcome to when will it end? Stoked to be here. <laughs> oh, you're not a peace sign away anymore. So wait, here, no, let's. Yeah, here. Why don't you crank the? You look like you have to. Yeah. How about this? Wait. Mm. How about you like sitting that way? I'm comfy. What if you rotated that way? You could. Well, no, you could leave the mic where it is, and then just turn your body a little bit, so then you can look at me. There we go. Yeah, and then you can move that. It moves anywhere, but no, you're moving it farther from you. <laughs> now, hello. What, what, what? Okay, this is like a hole. This is like. Man, Verhoeven would have fun with this scene. You crank the arm, but we don't see you. But I can see you. So, All right, how does this? How does this sound? Looks good. Looks good. Yeah, it looks, looks great. Good. Right on. Mm. Yeah, so this is when will it end? It's a movie podcast. We watch the movies. We tell you if they're good. I'm joined this uh, friend. This is another friendosphere. What do you think of that? Do you think I should change that? You like the no, friendosphere? No, I, love I love the sound of it. You're a little far away still, I think. Damn it, dude. Yeah, just here, move it. Just move it closer to you. If I get it. Oh, oh no. Here, I, I think it's just uncomfortably far away. Yeah, that looks better. And now say something. I like the name of it. <laughs> you like the friendosphere? Yeah. Great. It's got a ring. Okay, perfect. Well, then you're in it. You're in the sphere of friends. That is nice. It reminds, you, it reminds you of friends and spheres. This movie actually sort of reminded me of Sphere. In what way? In just like people trapped in a space. This is like a, I don't know. There's this era of filmmaking that uh, it's just like the plots always revolved around finding and stopping somebody from doing something. And I guess that's sort of just like a general plot. We didn't, we didn't look at how much time was left, but something like the last, something like the last 30 minutes were just, um, the phone, the phone's been cut. We're yeah. underground. Yeah. Um, he's a sneaky, invisible man is picking us off one by one in a gruesome way. I don't know. I know this isn't the Sphere episode, but how do you think Dustin Hoffman became an action leading man for one? I mean, I guess he was in, he was in Marathon Man, right? No. Yeah. That was Dusty. What was his, what was his first action movie? Dusty? Oh, by the way, this is Felipe. Oh, hey gang. Listener, long time listener. Oh, I've been a fan since the beginning, the beginning. Yeah, I'm getting them all for the friendosphere. Doesn't, uh, you have an amazing memory for movies and like you're just spouting lines. You remember, you're so like, but you, you can't remember Dustin Hoffman's first like action role. Does that come to mind? I can look it up. Contagion was what? The like, or the, 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 the what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> the the military sets off a a pandemic one. Um, that's Soderbergh, right? I don't remember. Man. That's way too. You must be thinking of something else because Contagion's like no, no. Contagion is um two thousand. Where you got this is sorry, listener. This is his first time. He keeps wandering. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, that's not a good. All right, I think we got it. So yeah, if you have to move this is a learning experience for all of us josh taught me this and i'm gonna pass it on to you this is a wonderful this is like having a son right <laughs> so so i've been listening since the beginning and you there never you go. oh that sounded good you, so you, i've been listening here. since the beginning and you never 
I don't remember any episodes beginning with uh, Josh needing to lead you back to the... Oh, no, he taught me... This is an embarrassing moment for you. I was taught off, Mike. He would always clear that from the... But I, I, I I don't know how to... I have a really high threshold for embarrassment. I'm a good rookie, you know. That's nice. I wouldn't expect me to be good at this first right out the gate. Yeah, I'm not good at this right out the gate. Was um um Jeffrey or whatever the fuck Jeffrey Kane? What was his name? Sebastian. Sebastian. Was he good at being invisible the first time? Well, maybe it depends on your no he <laughs> morality. Took to being, he took to being invisible like a duck to water. Mm. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and he was he was out there. Sexually oh. assaulting people 30 minutes into being invisible. His first act. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know. Well, he was asleep for a while and then he woke up and immediately started. That's true. Yeah. First act, sleep. Yeah. Second act, uh, grope a boob. Yeah. Which is like a, I guess a, I'm talking to my son here. I don't know. <laughs> That's better than saying like yanked. That was, I love the way, I mean, it's weird to go from that to saying I love something, but like Verhoeven makes, uh, this was sort of like the heyday. I mean, I guess, I don't know when we left that heyday of just like, I guess it's 40 years of filmmaking where it was like the chance to see a naked person, especially naked women. But like even that opening scene where like we see the, the her tit and it's just like disgusting. It makes you really uncomfortable. Well, okay. So Verhoeven, and you talked about this when you talked about Starship Troopers, is the cover of it looks like a, a kid's, you know, like a kid's space romp movie. Yeah. But like for sleepovers like you knew this was like a movie you could rent like show it to your parents rent me this one and then like <laughs> wait yeah, there's gonna be which one uh hollow man or starship, starship trooper yeah 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 but um with hollow man the very we meet sebastian kane and he's struggling uh with some some biology problem mm, yeah um, trying to solve some protein thing and eating twinkies and being a peeping tom Mm-hmm. In the very, we mm-hmm. meet him as a peeping Tom. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's just a part of who he is. I think it was interesting, especially we sort of were chatting during the movie, and it's like watching this after Me Too. This came out over a decade before Me Too happened. And this, like, it's, fuck, I forgot. We watched another movie recently where it felt like, oh, yeah, it was Scream 3. It's like very much a Me Too movie, but it came out in the same year as this, right? Or right before, 97 or something. Maybe you know you're good with numbers. Uh, one was ninety six, two was ninety seven. I think you again. You you're, I think you're a little far. Okay, Ooh. Scream one was ninety six. Scream two was ninety seven. So Scream three was ninety nine. Yeah, that sounds that sounds, sounds good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're gonna be a little quiet the whole time, but that's all right. You're drinking um, which one's sherbet? Sherbet non-monster. Can I offer you some of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be Charles fun. Charles pointed out something that blew my mind. I thought I knew. Uh, I thought I knew. Um, a neat fun fact is that the Rain brand energy drink <sighs> is actually Whoa. A <laughs> 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 is actually a subsidiary of Monster. And he pointed out that the um, <laughs> the logo, which is of some sort of like medieval face armor, Here, does I'm gonna, look like an M. I'm gonna do a quick. This is gonna sound. I'm gonna do it. And now you should just with yeah. I mean, you'll have to side eyed me. I think, but I think that's gonna. You're like sitting the way you're sitting and try yeah, I'm it. Comfy. Um, so but you yeah. keep looking down at your drink. <laughs> this is. What did you think of the sherbet flavor? <laughs> 
I brought a variety you know, over everyone, all of them with orange orange uh, covers. Everyone thinks they could podcast, but it's hard. You have to just you you can't look down at the thing you're talking about. When we talk about the bookcase, you've heard us talk about the bookcase. You see, when you talk about it, you're going to go look at it, and then no one can hear you. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Good job. Um, I like the orange better. They're all orange. I brought a creamsicle, a sherbet, Sorry. and a peach tea. Wait, peach is not... Peach is The peach orange? tea comes in an orange can. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just meant the orange-flavored one. But uh, this is orange sherbet? Uh-huh. Okay. I like the orange creamsicle, which is really interesting that they somehow managed to make two very similar um, flavors, orange ice cream and orange sherbet, taste very different. Yeah, just real culinary geniuses work for... For the, the greater total monster company, monster rain, total body. What is it? Fuel, fuel for the body. Total body fuel. Is it? Um, <laughs> speaking of culinary geniuses, this yeah. movie reminded me of. I don't know if you ever saw Burnt, the Bradley Cooper movie where he plays like a dick chef. No, I, I've not seen Burnt. Um, very few movies like really bug me, and this one did because. In this Bradley Cooper movie, he plays um, just like a really repellent jerk that everyone fawns over because he knows so much about spices and how to like, <laughs> they're like, oh, he treats us all like shit and like physically assaults his, you know, coworkers. But man, when he puts tarragon on things uh. like, and uh, the movie didn't treat him like a dick. And in this movie, um, Sebastian Kane is kind of a monster from the beginning, yeah. but his coworkers talk about him like he's a monster. Right. So, he, the, but the movie does does Burnt sort of want you to hate him, or no? Burnt wants you to be like to think of him oh, like Doctor House, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, he's a Steve dick, but Jobs. he's the only man for the job. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. Yeah, this movie is um from the beginning. He's like, as you said, the opening scene is him trying to solve a computer problem and trying to solve his um, needing to look at boobs problem. And he, he d- fails at both. He needs to look at boobs like a, like a diabetic. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he, he, his sugars get low and he's just like, ah, I gotta have them. <laughs> he's just, yeah. He's only, it, yeah, it's a weird, I mean, I guess it's not weird because you're saying this is like a pre me too, but obviously me too has been around forever. So, yeah. or the thing that me tooing, uh, I don't quite know the, the vocabulary around it, but, men were being awful forever. So the fact that this movie like Scream 3 is like confronting this shit that must have been so obviously a part of Hollywood culture. Just like there's workplace sexual assault that's happening every 20 minutes in this movie. He assaults everyone that he yeah. works with. Every yeah. woman that he works with. Um, yeah. And in different ways. And this is a weird thing to be going on. Like oh, the different ways he's being a perv. But like this movie is very committed to making sure that Kevin Bacon not only is the bad guy at the end, but just that he is, he is a man who is just like base. Like, I don't know the, the guy that we loved, um, the guy from, was he a law? I said he was from heroes, but it was, he a lost guy. I don't remember him from lost, but this dude, okay. this, what did we like about this dude? There's, <laughs> there's I just to set the scene. There's one scene where he's just doing an overnight shift and he's got his feet up on the desk He's got a 7-Eleven big gulp. It's amazing. He's got his like dinky year 2000 headphones on and he's air drumming. Yeah. And then he just starts, yeah. um, and then he opens like a softcore 
softcore magazine and starts talking out loud to the centerfold. It's like, called Perfect. Yeah, he says, I'm going to suck your tits off. Yeah. And this is just like, I was like, oh, man, this is some real Josh vibing here. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to music, having a nice chill afternoon underground, just looking at porn. Yeah. Yeah, and he, but he's just like a total... He's not the kind of, they have this wonderful conversation where he's like, he, he's never going to do the things that Sebastian does, but he but likes, man, does yes. he envy him? Oh, he wants to be that kind of creep. Sebastian sneaks out and, um, he's, he feels cooped up. He's, he's getting yellier and yellier. Another thing about the serum that makes you invisible mm. is that it also makes you angrier. We see that with, uh, the monkeys in the opening scene are just the, the invisible animals are all rageful and rattling their cages you know do you think um what kind of serum uh side effects like would you want because he seemed to like not be a, he saw that that was a thing that all the animals were getting angry and he jumped in he wanted it if he saw the animals were one of the first things i asked you um in life or today <laughs> when we were uh after the movie started okay was um what was the first thing i asked you Oh God, I am. I don't have a good memory. Do you remember? Is this a test? I I don't like I tests. Mean, I remember meeting you. I don't. I can't remember the. First <laughs> oh, oh, you're back to okay. Yeah, we just jumped. Okay, you're, okay. Forget, forget. I don't know uh, what the first thing. Uh, I remember some of the things we talked about. Yeah, talked about pants. First sure. time we met. Yeah, yeah. Good advice you gave me. I did. I'm uh, teaching about the mic today, but <laughs> I talked about pants when we first met. I guess I'm more of a, yeah, a teacher. I am. Yeah. A life coach. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go to bed with this like yeah. peace sign. No, soon, soon I'll be able to spread my wings and, mm, and keep, a consistent, keep a consistent volume. What was the first thing you told me today? In, in this movie yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Um, does he already see, do we think mm. of him as an angry man? Y yeah. And I said, he seems like a driven man. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think his, there was a hint at him being angry. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, so his, he works with his ex and his ex's new boyfriend. Secret boyfriend. And they're secret. And Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. And they're going to go to um, meet him at the lab. And she suggests, let's go in separate cars. And he goes, uh, how long is this going to, you know, how long is this going to go on? She right. Goes, yeah. With him, I don't think, I don't think it'll ever be soon enough. Or how does he phrase it? Um, yeah, that's close enough. I yeah. have no idea. Just like this guy's going to be angry no matter what. Yeah. 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 He's, um, it's for a movie. I think the writer, I've never heard of him before, but he is a, he's a, he's a, he's been on the podcast. Well, he hasn't been on the podcast, but we've talked about him before. He wrote Fast and the Furious. He wrote Too Fast, Too Furious. He wrote one more, right? Fuck. I brought it up. I'll bring it up again because I have a bad memory. While you stuff. do that, while yeah. you do that, um, he has some good economical like writing. Like we got a lot of exposition right away. Yeah. And there was just also really good lines just like to characterize him as a cocky dick. Right. It was a little, for my taste, a tiny bit overboard, but I think what it did really well was there's a fear to her relationship that is never really put into dialogue. And actually the way she acts around, she like accepts his awful sexual um, assault in a way that's like probably how most women have to deal with it is that they can't really there's no there's the power is so out of whack with him being in charge of everything that she just sort of has to accept it and maybe have like a 
a word back. But it's, she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't swat him off. She doesn't threaten to go to high. Oh, there's a searing line about like you know, like can I go? Um, can she go above him and like? Yeah, rat him out to the Pentagon or whatever, and he goes like and throw your career away. Right, so he's threatening her career. So she can't swat him away, but she can like have one verbal dig as she walks away. Yeah, Yeah. so it makes you even like see the previous relationship, which is only talked about, never seen. Like it would have been an interest, like a very different movie if it had started with them having been in a relationship and you see their breakup, where all we have is their current relationship to try to figure out how awful it was when they were together and like that scene where they're on the balcony talking about time travel and it's like there's no way we could invent a way for that to happen again so there's all these like clues which hint us back to how shitty he is as a partner and as a person but it's i think really good screenwriting to sort of give us that anxiety without ever having to see it when you say give us that anxiety um how do we pick up on her anxiety I think she's just like, she's constantly, their conversations are are often about like what she's hiding from him, which is like a really scary thing to have to, like whenever your partner's like, I I guess I'm not talking from experience, but just like imagining like your partner constantly confronting you with like, what, what secrets are you keeping from me? And what are you talking about? What are you holding back? And then obviously there are actual confrontations where he's being aggressive. She's deft at taking it but you can tell that she's like really uncomfortable and I don't know. The acting is really good. The writing is good in that. And that's like, there's so many, you pointed out the mere shit. There's lots of direct lines being like, look what happens when a man can do whatever he wants. But I think that's the storyline of their past relationship is really effective storytelling. Yeah. There are a lot of there. Oh, you you look at, you're just looking at the stars. (laughs) There are a lot of lines. You really, you podcasters really got to keep your head. You got to know where your mic is. It's like when you're uh, the dog walker. Got to know where your dog is. Fire person. Got to know where your fire is. It's like podcasting. You think it's just, it's all fun and games. But no, you have to know where your mic is. I wonder if I could, no. You can move that wherever you want. It's on a, a swinging boom arm. Where are you looking? Where are you going? No, it's just trying to. Hide. Want to burp, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't care if people hear it, but yeah, I don't think I want that on the mic itself. Sherbet, sherbet dust. Um, we were talking about her anxiety. Um, like, did you feel that? There were a lot of good scenes of. Um, is he eavesdropping? He could be anywhere. Mm, yes. You know? Again, like a yeah, like a when you have someone that like your restraining order against that the idea that they could just be somewhere and you have nothing that you can actually do about it it is creepy yeah super creepy um i don't know if you saw the invisible man from two years ago i did see it i mean that was that was very much the the um just the ptsd of he could be anywhere um, right. There's no one can step in and protect me. And I think that's why I didn't like that movie as much because it really like sells. It's very explicit that it's about that. And here I like that. It's like, it's, there are things that this movie is very clearly about, but I think that one is allowed. Like the, the overarching anxiety of having an invisible man is not the like, 
Oh, so I just, I you was, liked it. I was blown away by that movie. I just thought, um, yeah, this is exactly what you want to do with horror is like illustrate a real thing. Oh like, yeah. Make it supernatural, you know? Um, <laughs> my, my review of the invisible man is just about, Oh, how, I remember this one. It was like, Oh, we oh talking? yeah. I remember the, your review of it was like, I don't know what your review is there, but your one line explained to me was like, I'm glad they uh, killed that one person that was rude to a server for no yeah. reason. See, this is, you have an amazing memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that scene was weird. Why were they rude to their server? Maybe for she fun. Was just really irritable. I don't know, but yeah. it was uncalled for. It Not is uncalled for. Being... Yeah. Well, yeah. they died. In this movie, uh, right out the gate, he's like the themes he's they're dealing with is like right out the gate he's portrayed as like a very cocky man like um he's up late and he goes da vinci didn't sleep either Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah he cracks the code and he goes i'm a fucking genius yeah he's always comparing himself to smarter people i guess he is smart but like these historic smarties and he and he holds it over people like um sarah is the name of the uh the vet that works with them um and uh she has a valid complaint and he goes, what was the line? It was like, yeah, you know, you remember it. Your complaints are duly noted and summarily overruled. Yeah. You know, he's just, yeah, he's just, she's great. Yeah. There's so many great characters in this movie. I love it when, I mean, even that saying, she's like, how, how is it when you ever say, what is it? Yes, sir. Or whatever. It sounds like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, just with practice. Oh, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The other one was awesome. Fuck, I'm going to get these names up. There's only like five characters. It's embarrassing that I don't remember any of them, except for Matt. Yeah, was Matt Brolin. Matt Brolin. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, she's great. But my favorite, was it? what was is her it name? Janet or Janice? I couldn't I'll, hear. I'll find it. Also, do we ever say we're talking about Hollow Man? Paul Verhoeven. She was stirred stir over. <laughs> I'll just edit it in, yeah. you know, because I do all, constantly editing this this show. Always working behind them. There's for an hour of recording. There's about twenty hours of magic that has to go into see, it. See, as a listener, sounds like it. No, well, well, I imagine there's some editing, but the most editing ever gets talked about is you'll hear like Josh say like, you got to edit that out and you go, yeah, okay, I'm going to edit that out and mm-hmm. then you leave it in. So I just oh, think like, oh, that, is he editing at all? <laughs> that might've been just one mistake. The, the, where I, I said I would do it. I usually do it. You, there's all, there's so much happening. Look at, I got computer over there three. Oh, I, I think I was good. It's cause I'm still know where my mic is. So when I look at oh, them, you're you're kind of on a pivot. Yeah, exactly. You're like a basketball player. So I brought yeah. You're not scrap the dog walker. <laughs> I can tell you haven't walked many dogs. I've walked dogs. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't I can't get dogs to <laughs> to listen to me. Yeah, you just be pulled down the street. Yeah, yeah. You're like a basketball player. No, bad <laughs> enough. Fuck. We'll find this. You will find this. You're like a tether ball. Okay. But not a player. You're like that the I ball. That I can relate to. That I can relate to. <laughs> you're you're near the end of a game and you're on the short swivel. Short swivel? Short Someone's swivel. hitting your head. It's the ball. And you're very close to the pole, which is the mic. That's pretty good. Just swiveling shortly. Um, I don't edit anything. Nothing ever gets taken out or in, except for sometimes there's a little beep I add for fun. Um, Janice, Janice, she was fucking incredible. She just always says the right thing. She was great. And she was contemptuous of him from the beginning. 
Yes. This way you can tell the best people, well, not the best, because I don't want to judge. Everyone has their, except, okay, there's everyone, and then there's fucking, what's his name? Carter. Carter. Everyone has their own way of like, so Sarah is afraid of him, but confronting in a passive aggressive way. More than more than being afraid of him, she's contemptuous of him because of like, um, just uh, she cares a lot about animals, yeah. and um, she she hounds them because of the you know the ethics of right, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then our the main character, Linda, mm-hmm. she obviously has the baggage, and she shows her anxiety and fear in a different way. Um, uh, Janice is just absolutely like she when she's like oh when he's gonna die i'll take his car yeah and she's just like she wants to shoot him she's just like she's awesome and she always has the right like very aggressive way of dealing with such a dick and that's great and then what's um what's the name of the uh, hacker guy hacker he's such a great little hacker that's um joey slotnik as frank chase why did they all get last names did you think we do we know that his name is carter abbey we see it briefly when we see that he's taken away everyone's. Um, oh, key you're card right. We see all their see first all their and last yeah. names. Wow, you have a great memory. Ah, oh, shucks. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but no, just he he scolds him for playing God. Mm-hmm. Like um, that's true. He's he's on the second floor and he and he pipes in to say like, "This is God. You, yeah, you're going too far." You know? Right. Because um, that's the other thing. Cain is also the constantly saying he's God. So the hacker is trying to like get at him from the same level to be like, hey, maybe none of us are God. Maybe we should calm down here. I don't know. And then right before Linda flame throw flame throws him, she says, uh, you think you're God? I'll show you God. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll kill you. That's I thought that was a neat line. Scene ruled. Um, but Carter is like the only one that's like always giving him slack, wants to be him when after multiple sexual assaults and literal like violence and just doing everything wrong, Carter's like, what has he done? And it's like, what has he done? Yeah. We should go to the Pentagon and and rat him out. He's like, but let's wait for, let's hear his side of things. What, what really has he done? And he's a great, like showing that he's just like totally complicit is he's worse than complicit. Yeah. Like what's he's like an eager Right. He wants to hear these war stories, like, not war stories. Anyway, uh, no, it's, Sebastian Kevin Bacon sneaks out one night, and on his first night, the one time you hear him doubt himself, he goes, don't even think about it. And then he goes, mm. but who would know? You know, mm. it's just, um, in the movie, they keep saying, like, you know, power. It's power that's that's made him so evil. But it's like just like the absence of consequence. No one's going to find out. Yeah. The big line is um, that they used in the trailer was uh, you'd be surprised what you'd get away with if you if you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror. Do you remember where you saw this trailer for this movie? Do you remember that day? You seemed like uh, I mean, just like if you if you we used to have trailers before our movies. Uh huh. Do you remember what movie this was before for you? Because this is amazing. My mind, I can barely remember anything that happens. I live life just floating through the present. And you're just like any like you just you seem to have a tethered memory for lots of stuff it's very exciting but no you don't remember which theater you were in when you saw the the trailer for the hollow man um yes we're talking about paul verhoeven's hollow man if that isn't clear yet 
think it's clear now. How do we decide on this one? I, I think halfway I want to through, talk about this. Halfway through, I just turned to you. I'm like, yes, we yeah. picked the right one. I think I was particularly excited about just how cool the special effects were, seeing mm-hmm. a monkey, um, <laughs> an invisible monkey get injected with a serum and then just his circulatory system or her circulatory system. It's and her. Or anything her name yeah, was Isabella. Isabella. Yeah. It's the only thing I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that monkey. But actually, if you're willing to share, I, I honestly was very excited to talk about your life system on the podcast. It's what it's like. I've never known anyone who commits to something like this so thoroughly and wonderfully, but I can also keep it's it a, a secret. Fun, it's a fun, it's a fun habit or compulsion. It's a fun habit that, that I don't know, gives me a kick. And uh, it, what it what is it? Um, like I watch movies, um, and listen to music. You know, the the movies I watch during a week are. Yeah, have you ever explained this to anyone? I think so. Okay, because yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really yeah, sound yeah, like just it. um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'll watch movies based on, I'll pick movies based on the year it came out. Mm-hmm. And then the next, and then Sunday comes around and I'll move to a different year. Right. And it's just a way to... Different number. A different number. So you allow yourself, you you start with... Oh, did you start with zero or one? when this, Ones. You started so with one. Like, you remember? If I'm on one week, I'll, st- I'll watch a movie from 91, from 2001, from 2011. And then mm-hmm. the next week, it's movies that end in two. That's what... Movies yeah. that end in three. So we're on the twos. We're on the twos. And there's a color component too. That's why mm-hmm. I brought you three energy drinks that came in orange cans. Oh, that's why they're all orange. Yeah. Okay. But you forget this. the color thing. Just No, I just remember a, the color thing because yeah. you only ate, I remember when, when one of the first times we hung out, you were only eating like pink things. Is pink just, even in there? Yeah, just, yeah. If I go to, if I go to a gas station, there's like a galaxy of delicious true. flavors and it's overwhelming and just I'll pick what's in pink wrappers. Right. Yeah. I think that's really, um, I don't know. We have a hard, there's so much out there and it's like, it's, it can be overwhelming. I think this is a really. We have access to every movie that's ever came out. Yeah. Like uh, we decided we didn't even 20 years ago, we'd had to have limited what we were going to record about today. Record about today. Interesting. Podcast. By going to like Blockbuster or whatever and being like, what's on the shelf here? We didn't even consider. We were like, oh, maybe we'll have to worry about how to access these movies when we choose which one we want. I had faith you'd be able to track it down. Yeah. This one's on HBO. Yeah. And then the other one's on something fun, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Hollow Man 2. Um, So... We were, I was a little trying to figure out because there aren't that many movies in a two, but then you came and we're like, actually, it does include the multiples. So as long as it's in a round number, right? Is that the. Or just like if I wanted to watch Pretty Woman, that's 1990, mm, I'd watch yeah. that when I'm on the nine. So you don't do zero. I don't do zero. Okay, that's why. So, so you give the zeros are just like a, it's so like a wild card. Is a, is a 2020 is a two, and so is 2000. Yeah. Okay. So any, any, yeah, multiple of, of the it's, number. It's a it's a dumb habit, but no, like it I love ensures it. chronologic diversity in my exactly media con- consumption. Right, because then I remember it was fun because I have a lot of movies that I've just saved and just no narrowing it down because like on Letterbox I have my whole collection, and then I could just look at which ones were in your number when yeah. we hung out, and it's just like oh, it makes it really fun to explore movies I wouldn't think about or haven't seen. 
So I, I think it's a really nice um, way to choose your life. Uh, neat. Yeah. So that's why we had um, a bunch of ideas. And once it opened up to anything that was in, we could, 2020 would have been really hard to find a, a duo yeah. of movies that already, it already had a sequel. So 2000 though, that was a really nice way to open it up. And we came this close to watching the whole nine yards yeah. and the whole 10 yards. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few other ones. What was, uh, I think Conan would have been fun. 82. Lawnmower Man was up there. Uh, Miss oh, yeah, Lawnmower Man. We could have fun with that. But, yeah. I don't but, like having fun, though. <laughs> I told you this. Like, the comedies are my least favorite. And, the, I, and the, I t- you said Harold and Kumar, but that was, like, one of my favorite that you guys did. Yeah, it's just, I don't, I find things, I don't know. When, I'm, when they want me to laugh, I don't give in, I think. I know they want me to laugh. That's exactly what you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Hollow Man was a really, f- like, yeah, we were looking at 20 different tabs. We got it down to 10. And then at one point we just were like, no, this is the tab for us, Hollow Man. So and um, I'm very pleased. Yeah, with me it. too. I So I'm going to tell you an embarrassing boy story because this came out, I guess this is embarrassing for a few different reasons because it came out in 2000. So I was... Um, no, I guess, wait, 2000, right? So yeah, I was like 15. Okay. I thought it was like 18 or 20 or something. Yeah, I was 15. So I was babysitting and, uh, you know, one, one of the perks of babysitting is basically you babysit for like an hour and they just go to sleep and you can do whatever you want in someone else's house. And they usually have food for you and movies for you. Slide around on the hardwood floors and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After the kids go to bed, you just slide around. It's great. The, for kids, hours. Are tr- the kids are trying to sleep and they hear Charles. <laughs> oh, you do it in the attic <laughs> over them. Yeah. Um, so I chose Hollow Man because it was a movie that had boobs in it and I was 15. And I don't remember liking it. I think I was bored by it when I was 15. Hmm. When did you did you see it when it came out? Yeah, I must have been 12. 12. Okay. I don't have a lot of memory of it, which is interesting. Which You're is, the memory guy. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember um, thinking, wow, there's a lot of bacon wang in this. And there but was, there, I mean, there was like at least 12 scenes, but it was all CGI. Just like really <laughs> lovingly put together CGI. There's one moment of real wang. Yeah. Of real bacon wang. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I want to see, I want to see more. And you got to watch Wild Things. You see it now, okay. too. I've never seen Wild Things. Oh, you're in for a treat. There was, wait, was there, there was another one? Is there two? Were there two Wild Things? There might be. I feel like that was another movie that I wanted to watch when I was about... Because that came out around the same time, right? Yeah, 99. 99, I think. Yeah. yeah, another one where I was like, oh, there's nudity in this. I want to see it. Because that's like... I feel like the whole world changed with the internet. But anyway, whatever. This, I've talked about it before. Verhoeven, Verhoeven got a lot of young viewers because... We knew there'd be there'd be boobs, right? Which yeah. is a, it was a harder to access when we were kids, and but I think it's fun coming back and being like, oh, this is not sexually fun at all. This is unpleasant, like every other Verhoeven movie. It's not fun sex. It's really unpleasant, and it's yeah. It's was it's, there a single scene in that that was sexy and, mm-hmm. and not uncomfortable? Yes. Um, and it was one of the moments where I was like, who is a screenwriter? I don't know that I like you. It's when, um, one of the scenes between Linda and Matt, 
they have a nice sex scene and it's the one where she's like i'm trying to fuck you stop talking about work yeah <laughs> i'm about to suck on your penis please stop talking about work and then he's just like no nope, i'm gonna talk about work and yeah she's like whatever yeah. yeah all right so there's one and there's there's another one between them but he's watching from the window and, and it's a very uncomfortable scene because you know the first there's the the maybe the first one no because they're not they're just in bed together yeah yeah Yeah, so yeah there's only one and it's but it's not real because it's just about work (laughs) (laughs) she does bite on his fucking rib cage though which is a really weird move i don't know i mean i've probably done it an impressionable 12 year old or 15 year old would be like okay so that's what we do taking notes (laughs) you bite below the nipple uh, while talking about work. That's a cool fantasy to have as a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think um, one of the things that I was super reluctant... Another thing coming back as an, as an older adult, now in 2020, watching movies from the 90s and 2000s, I gave CGI... I hated CGI when I was younger. And I don't know if it's just because it's now a thing that I'm used to and now I can watch it differently... But going back, watching old movies, I'm always surprised by how amazing it. Like this movie looks so good, and and yeah, we already mentioned watching an invisible gorilla, like mm. like circulatory system to muscle system come in back into visibility. That was neat. But the one thing that really flipped us out was just uh, <laughs> invisible Kevin Bacon drapes a bedsheet around him, yeah. and just like saunters around. And you can see the inside of the bedsheet too. The fuck? How do they do it? I don't know. It's like it, I, I I think I'm okay at like Photoshop until then. You real I realize I'm like have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how they do that. And it must be so easy for them. But to us, this was like he has his. I mean, I think I figured out the mask one by the end. It I did seem like they you could sort of tell how they were CGIing the inside of it. But maybe I don't know. I'm just making shit up to make myself feel better. Yeah. What like what do you think they did? So they had a real mask over a green head, and then they CGI'd a three dimensional, just sort of out of focus mask colored shape. Mm. But you're right when he when he's got the. When you see him from the profile, you can see through one eye through the other, and then you yeah, can actually yeah. see the background. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I don't know how they do that shit. How do you erase a person? I don't know. And they just have the back. They make it seem like oh, you just get a green screen, but it's like how do you actually then get behind the green? I guess I don't know. The one thing that they wouldn't um, that they wouldn't show us uh, was just uh, him eating Twinkies. Right. It's like right. They're like, <laughs> they showed us his floppy penis, but we didn't get a not one glimpse of the inside of his mouth while he was eating that the Twinkie. The amount of care that went into getting all the capillaries oh. right and all the, you know, but then it was just like, we don't need we, to. Yeah. Oh, we see him throw up and he throws up just like it's clear. Yeah, it was invisible. Yeah. Because everything he does is invisible now. Yeah. Whoa. That's cool. Yeah. Um, But he's, um, I think, yeah, just like, the simple, the mix of, I think if you go all CG, it didn't, it wouldn't have worked. But the fact that so much of it was based on real physics, having him wearing a green suit or a black suit or a blue suit where he would just like drape a thing over it and then they would take him out or 
he'd wear the rubber mask over his green self so that we still get a physical sense of where he is. It really worked. And there were things like that he would like get out of a hospital bed and walk away while pulling off electrodes and mm. he'd like fall to the floor. Like that's not CGI. Like I don't. Yeah. It's amazing. And it didn't fucking win best special <laughs> effects. This is crazy. This fucking gladiator won best special effects that yeah, year. I can't think of anything special <laughs> about that. There's I know. A tiger I, in it. I really have no interest yeah. in watching it again either. It's yeah. not, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Ridley man. Never was, never will be. Oh, we got we got sidetracked talking about um, mm. how this is a movie that reliably had boobs in it. Yeah. So and we we yeah. were we were saying that um, everyone in his office or in his lab is um, repelled by him in some way, except for Carter. Carter, yeah. And like Carter's like a step worse. Like he's. I don't know if he's worse, but he's he I think it's interesting that like for these systems of perverted power to work, you need Carters to make sure that they hold the line. And unfortunately, most systems have way more cart like the ratio of Carters to to, to Janice's is usually way more skewed yeah. towards Carters. We need more Janice's and less Carters. Oh hell yes. But um <laughs> But like he wanted to hear about Sebastian's Oh yes, Night on yes. The town. This and, scene is good, and he um, and Sebastian like relishes in scaring a woman in her apartment, and he asks uh, Carter asks like, "Oh, what was it? Oh, did you scare her? Yeah, what was it like?" And he's like, "I liked it." Yeah, yeah. Such a creepy scene. Like, I mean, it's again, it's like, it's it feels like it should be overwritten but then it's just like really engrossing watching two gross men talk about being like oh man i would if i were invisible it's like the classic thing like boys being like man if i were invisible i'd go look at naked girls and it's just like but it's like men now doing it, be like well did you fuck around with them did you make them uncomfortable it's like jesus yeah it wasn't oh did you see her boobs it was right. like did you did you fuck with her yeah yeah and it's just like that extra level of it being a mature version of the same gross, just like instinctive sneakiness. Ugh. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, you want to make sure not only that you got your look, but that they knew it. And it's fucking terrible. It's like, what an, or it's like a repulsive scene that is, it's, it's perfect watching these two awful people talk to each other about their behavior. Yeah. And feeling good about it. They get to like really, you know, have this, feedback loop of being like oh this is great and then like yeah this is really great <laughs> and we're talking about sexual assault yeah. and yeah just violence it's really ugh, Verhoeven yeah yikes yeah it's um it's and it's I think that's why when I watched it you know in my neighbor's house when I was by myself and I was like oh this is gonna be fun and just great and it just was like it wasn't and I I don't think I really knew why until this is the second time I've watched it and I sort of put the pieces back to my 15-year-old self That's why it didn't reassuring. work. That's reassuring. That's reassuring that a, that a 15-year-old would just not like something even if they don't have the vocabulary for why, hmm. why it repelled them. That's reassuring. Yeah, I think that's sort of what... I mean, all unless you're annoying... I feel like most movie criticism is trying to like articulate things that are inarticulatable. Like just like there's a, like when you watch a movie and you feel it, I mean, there's intellectualizing it, which only goes so far and figure out what's the feeling behind it is. Yeah. So like, yeah, it is weird as a little 15 year old boy is like, just, yeah, didn't do it for me. Yeah. I think, uh, 
But yeah, I'm glad we came back to it. What a fun little, um, I don't know, just a, a, a thing. I, I, didn't, I didn't know who Verhoeven was at the time, I guess, because Starship Troopers was 98, right? Yeah. I saw that in theaters, told that one on the episode about Starship Troopers, but I didn't know who he was then either. And he, I just, he terrified me in a way that I also didn't know how to talk about it as a, as a 13 year old. Wow. What would you, what would you say to a 13 year old you? What would I say to a 13 year old me? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is big. This is a big reveal. This is deep. I probably just, you know, let talk to other people about, it's okay to share, you know, it's okay to share. So all you 13 year olds out there, you don't need to keep it in. It's okay to share. Get a podcast. That's what I tell this 13-year-old. I think that'd be fun. 13-year-olds podcasting. But yeah, it's. I, th- I think it's fun. We also chose a horror movie, which allows us to enter into the realm of the MVD, The Most Valuable Death. Yeah. So I'm excited to add that because this there's this end of this movie i brought up sphere earlier it's like you get to that moment of the film where you're locked in a space and the whole point of the just we need to get out of this space and a little bonus we could try to stop this person but at a certain point you can tell they're not all that engaged with actually stopping him at a certain point they just need to get the fuck out of Mm. there which is i think this is a very successful version of that just being like oh 20 minutes left of the movie it's escape time and it's good they set us up. We know the ladder's there because the hacker found it. Um, but yeah, did you have like a... There are lots of... Well, before, all... before we get to most valuable deaths, what about most valuable ways of making him visible? Mm, okay, so let's... let's. Yeah, I think the special effects talk is, is important to the movie because we watched a little featurette afterwards because we were pretty interested in it. And so, yeah, it's... Just to list them, he gets... Uh, he gets bags of blood thrown on him disgusting <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a cornered a cornered uh vet mm-hmm. um she just, knows yeah you corner a vet she'll know what to do with blood yeah, she She'd, covers the floor in bags of blood yeah uh to see if she can see footsteps unfortunately he's always one step ahead <laughs> of the tricks yeah he always knows how to get to the other side of things um he's getting hit with steam getting yeah. hit with fire extinguishers Mm-hmm. Getting hit with water, water, water. Um, it's got to be more, right? No, yeah. Is that it? I mean, obviously the goggles, the nice, the cool goggles, which are introduced. I think, yeah. Again, this the screenplay is pretty good. The, the goggles are introduced early, so we know how they work. So that when we get to the end, we're like, why aren't anyone wearing their <laughs> goggles? It's infuriating. They just like gut them and then they all take them off. Yeah. At the most crucial times. There's no way he heated up the entire fucking lab to 99 degrees. Yeah, I've gotten in my car in the in the winter and it's a smaller car. It's smaller <laughs> than like a giant underground laboratory. Yeah. And also there's only steam vents in that like that one space. Yeah. So the, I don't know. They should have kept those goggles on at all times, I think. Maybe that'll happen in Hollow Man too. Maybe they'll Ooh, never take we, them off. What are we looking for? Or let's do most well, let's, valuable. Yeah, deaths we got to do. We got a little we'll ways, but to, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Um, but no, I think. Uh, what did you have a most valuable invisibility or re un uninvisibility? I think it was gnarly to see just 
a, a bag of blood thrown on someone. Even though it didn't work. The concept of it. It didn't. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yes, she does get the final bag is flung. She's, yeah, she has one bag left. She sprays it all over him. This is another step. Why this is another reason why this is a good movie is that I do not go back to me like, hey, that blood would never have come off. Right. Even on like skin blood, like you need to get out the special cleaning products to get blood off you. He knew his way around. Uh, he knew his way around <laughs> chemicals. He 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 used like the centrifuge. Oh yeah, he's got himself in there. A time bomb. Yeah, uh, but I'm just saying. Like, I think you. Know, I only notice flaws when I don't. When the movie is boring to me. So the uh-huh. fact that I'm like, I, I don't even care about the fact that he gets covered in blood, which is a notoriously hard thing to get off. That he's immediately clean as soon as the the scene is over. How, how often are you scrubbing blood off your hands? No, no, it's not a. Per, uh, it's not through uh, experience. <laughs> okay. I'm a reader of books. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a Shakespeare fan. Yeah. So most most valuable most valuable death. Well, I want to. I say my. I like. Um. I want to say the one I like. Lay it on me. Yeah. Uh. The fire extinguisher was good for sure. Yeah. Because I feel like that was, you know, Matt found a system, it worked, and he did it again. He did it again. Yeah. Yeah. And again, none of these actually helped them, which is interesting. I mean, they sort of did, but then they're just like, I guess, believably pathetic fighting a invisible man. Do you think you would have been better? Like they dropped the crowbar. He's like, lets them come very close to him when he could have hit him sooner when he's got the fire extinguisher. I just feel like they, there's a lot of talk, but when they actually came down to trying to, trying to get this guy. Yeah. I I don't. Yeah. When you're that outnumbered, like is invisibility really that big a leg up Mm. when you're that outnumbered? I don't know. I don't. That's a good question. It's a superpower. You just, that's a good ASMR. Got a little oh, nose. You hear that? Oh, yeah. I was just oh, yeah. testing my distance. <laughs> that's a good way. I think that's why they do the finger thing, because then you're not just, like, scraping <laughs> yeah. your nose on stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm a little close now. Um, but, yeah, the fire extinguisher is good, because it then doubles as a weapon. You can spray and smash. Spray and smash, yeah. I think. Where the blood one, you just you need a secondary weapon, which he did. She did have the trank gun, which is another fun weapon. This movie had fun. They had fun with making sure the world felt believably set up in the first act to then use it all later. And it was like, oh, yeah, of course, you're going to use that blood trank gun combo. On, on uh, Yeah, the first yeah. scene of Matt and Sebastian together is they're, um, they're taking bets on who can tranquilize the escaped invisible gorilla. Mm-hmm. And just kind of... Yeah, so the, the betting talk is a nice little little bit that they run throughout the whole movie we get interest to the tranks yeah it's a it's it's an economic movie yeah where they they just plant their seeds and watch them grow so yeah i would say we have a lot of deaths to choose from and they're all valuable i think but um they're all fun they like for a movie about an invisible man which i think you could go a certain way with it i think they really avoided the just like maybe it was purely because of the special effects of the time, but the interaction between him and the people was not the like watching people get lifted off the ground or anything. That happened once, but like it isn't constantly about him being invisible. The very first death. Mm. The very first yeah. death. And uh, it depends if you count animal deaths as a death. I, I, I'm, I assume you do. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The movie 
like very much opens with a, a lab rat being dangled by its tail. Mm. And then, um, yeah, just getting squeezed and then just showing up blood over monkey teeth. Yeah. That yeah. was gnarly. That, that was, was a feat. Yeah, it CGI. was a quick scene yeah. over cut. But it makes you sort of interested. I mean, I'm probably reading too much into it, but the when you just said that, it made me realize that like we're we're focused so much on Sebastian and Linda and Matt that the like there's one line of dialogue where it's like, you think this guy's bad? Wait till it gets into the hands of the military. That was neat. Yeah, it's so like the opening scene where it's like the mouse versus the invisible gorilla. It's like ah, but then you realize there's the hand just sort of setting all this up. And I think we're maybe we can talk about it when we're talking about the question, but it's like, that is a part of the story that is really important, but not really seen too much. This like, this is all for the purpose. Like this is one person abusing it. And then, but there's no good way to have this power. This is a bad thing that they're making. Sebastian was driven by, um, boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just his, his boob his quota. His low boob sugar. <laughs> yeah. Like he just gets, he gets the shakes. No, uh, he was, he was driven by, like, he wanted this in his memoir. He was going to change the world. He wanted to be the genius behind this invention. And it was bankrolled by the Pentagon. Mm. Like, yeah. 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 It's a, a little, and we do see the Pentagon guy die, but there's hundreds of those guys. <laughs> they just got one. So yeah, maybe the hollow man two will sort of grapple who knows what the hollow man two will bring for us. The theme of this movie was, was very much or like how quickly you become evil when there aren't consequences, when you can get away with it. What can mm -hmm. they, what can they, I mean, invisibility is neat. Yeah. I'm thinking about invisibility since I don't know, forever x-ray specs. Yeah, no, but it's, like, um, what else can they explore? I mean, maybe they could go for the bigger picture. They could have invisible soldiers. It could be a, a story about they've got it to work, and now here is a... I mean, I think it's a lower budget. I think it's a direct-to-DVD thing from 2006. Yeah. So I, my hopes are not high. But I think... Yeah, I mean, the invisibility, like, like all these like sort of basic fantasies, you can sort of plug in a lot about... Because it's just about sneaking. It's about lying. About it's about eavesdropping. Yeah, it's about just being where you're not supposed to. I think it's just sort of, it's one of those superpowers that you can use it for good, but there's like not a can good. You? Yeah, I mean, you could be on the right side of an issue and use it to like be sneaky. But like where some powers have just like good ways and bad ways to use it, I guess like the force, if you'll permit me to talk about Star Wars. You can talk about whatever you want, homie. Well, thanks. Um, like, Jedis can use powers to heal, and they can use their power to, oh, lift a spaceship out of a swamp. But, like, this is, even if you're being good, you have to be a bad boy to use it. You have to be sneaky. So, like, you know, you could assassinate a bad person, but you're still being a bad person by doing that. You're just trying to, it's just like, this is a bad power, and there's no, yeah, it's just interesting to see what maybe they'll come up with next for who whose hands get on it, whose invisible hands. Do we know anything about who's the protagonist of this one? The mm -mm. protagonist of Hall of Invisible Man is the victim of this. Right. So that's another, actually, that's a good point is that you can also use invisibility to sort of 
you know, talk about the other side of being invisible when you don't want to be invisible. It's, I guess it goes both ways, but neither side of it's very fun. It no. seems like being invisible. No. Um, I think my MVD yeah. is Carter because Carter is a horrible person that you sort of hate more and more by the end of the movie. I, we started out really liking him. Yeah. We started out really liking him. He would just like, he's so good at acting like he was interested in the thing he was looking at. <laughs> He's an incredible actor at being the guy behind you going, wow, that's really cool. That was his line. He, yes. It was just, <laughs> his line was just so cool. So cool. Wow. Yeah. And, um, but by the end, after he's going to suck the tits off of a piece of paper and um, is fine with everything else bad happening, he just gets thrown onto a metal pipe thing and his head breaks open and it's like so quick and just like dirty. I don't know. There was like a that was like one of the most visceral, just like ugh reactions to the movie I had. Yeah, I think it was really effective. That was a gnarly one. Um, seeing seeing someone impaled with a crow, with a crowbar that was also pretty gnarly. Yeah, that was the hacker, right? Yeah, yeah. I think if um, she'd successfully killed Sebastian with the flamethrower, that scene fucking is awesome. Like you don't see her making it. You just see her like pop out with a flamethrower and it's, that's awesome. We don't need to see how she made that thing. We see her MacGyver and electromagnet. Yes. That, that was neat. That's fine. We know she's got the chops to, to make a flamethrower now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. That scene goes on and on. You're setting a man on fire. The special effects are great. Um, yeah. But I guess for death itself, a kill is only a kill when they get killed. That's a rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. Drowning a military man in the pool <laughs> while his uh, wife looks from the second floor and is just like, is he just really bad at swimming? What are you doing down there? Right. I know. Yeah. It's a wonderful wife moment for the movie. There's not. Yeah. The only wife in the movie, I guess. Only wife. In we the don't movie. really know. But um, she does great. She lets her awful husband man die in the pool. Um, Did you have an MVD? Are you going to go with uh, Kramer? Or did you? So we have... um. The vet, her name is Sarah. Sarah. She is, she, how is she? She is tricked. Oh, she just gets her neck snapped. Jesus, she gets tranked. Yeah. She gets, she gets tranked on her home, hoisted on her own, she trank. <laughs> and then he just quickly snaps her neck. Yeah. So that was another brutal one, but it's sort of sad, you know? Yeah. She, she's good. And then, uh, the Janice just gets killed garotted. off screen. Yeah. So um, off screen. Garotted. Yeah. And she was my, I guess I'm just going to say that she's my MVP. Yeah. She was awesome. I really liked I her. I just work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was good. So are you, who are you going with for your MVD? I got to get in the books. Oh, um, I just think the, then the this, opening, the opening yeah. rat. You're going with rat. The I love rat. that. Yeah. Yeah. That sets the tone. It's just a, a marvel of CGI. And also it, yeah, I don't it know. sets everything. It sets the tone. It sets the CGI expectations. Yeah, just to open the movie with a a trapped animal running from something invisible. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, you're ready. I did like watching the bonus featurette. Speaking of the CGI, just like Kevin Bacon seems like a real fucking. I don't know what the adjective is or noun, but he's just like, man, you hear about a movie where you're fucking invisible for 70% of it. You just get to stay at the trailer all day. And then he's covered in goo. Yeah. He was, he was expecting just a, 
Yeah, just to mail this one in. Yeah, literally. He could have just done this from home in 2000. No, they had other plans for Kevin, though. But it's cool. It's a, especially talk about Disney, like this Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out, and it's just like, seems like the most CGI'd movie ever made. And this, I don't know when this episode's actually going to come out, so maybe it's already come out, but it's like to have the actors talking about, like, we actually got to act against Kevin. And that yep. was huge. That, that, like, was in the, that was in the featurette. It was like a lot of CGI. It's your acting at a broomstick is what she said. Right. Yeah. yeah or a tennis ball. Yeah, exactly. No, they just had a green Kevin Bacon <laughs> with <laughs> green contacts in Which and, is green, scary. and green prosthetic teeth. That yeah. sounds scary. That really gets you acting. Um, and do you have an MVP lined up? So yeah, you chose the rat. Is the rat also your MVP? No, I can't have the MVP be a rat. Yeah. Only into the padded. Can you have it be a rat? Oh, you're quick. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we talked about these characters a lot, actually. I think that's why this movie is so successful is that it's it's at its heart, it's scary and gory and full of great special effects, but the character interaction, sort of like Alien. I don't think it's as good as Alien, but Alien is a really successful horror movie because of the way characters talk to each other and you just, like, believe that they've lived on this ship forever. And I think you get a similar sense between all these characters that they like know each other really well and we're all like seeing the tip of the iceberg on their relationships. You definitely get that for sure. You yeah. Get that. Dumb, do you have, uh, well, you, I want you to bring up father. Maybe this will be a good, maybe <laughs> oh, father. We should have, at one point, at one point, Charles says, you know, I'm a listener of this podcast and Charles says like, um, like I've probably read over like 800 Roger Ebert reviews in mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. It's it's a good way if you have a weird system of picking movies and his website has a good way of filtering by year. And you oh, just see every movie that came so out. So they go hand year. in hand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's um, wow. So this yeah, really so, does this is so like this, born, this, which came first? This year compulsion came first, like And then you found your father. Yeah, it just and then it's just it made you're drawn to him. <laughs> Yeah, he's saying father because what episode was it? What episode was it that you said, um, you said, Felipe, you come to my house and you talk about Roger Ebert as if he were your dad. <laughs> no, I just. Yeah. Um, well, he did give it two out of four stars. We um, should have read it in its entirety before before we saw it. I, I mean, always, we could do it always, right now. The listeners are just freaks. They'll sit around for that. Right. Yeah, I rarely watch a movie that came out before 2013's when he died. I rarely watch a movie that came out before 2013 without first reading what. Well, it's all right. I mean, we could. I can actually edit this, and if you wanted to read it, can I? Yeah, and then I can just cut out this dead space. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Here you go. Hollow Man deserves a niche, uh, in the underachievement Hall of Fame. I mean, do you want to just? You could just read it out loud for the listener. Just do it. I'll, if it's bad, I'll cut it. All right, cool. It's bad, I'll cut it. But All this right. is, I'm glad I mean, you got to do, do Papa Proud. Set it niche instead of niche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hollow Man deserves... Get a little closer. A, Just a little bit. Hollow Man deserves a niche in the Underachievement Hall of Fame right next to Jack Frost. That was a movie, you'll recall, where a dead father comes back as a snowman, and all he can think to do is advise his kid about a bully at school. Now we get a scientist who becomes invisible... And all he can become is a mad slasher. Does Paul Verhoeven, who directed Hollow Man, have such a low opinion of his audience that he thinks all we want is to see, or not see, the Invisible Man go berserk? 
Although the movie will be compared with the 1933 Claude Rains classic, The Invisible Man, a better parallel is with The Fly, David Cronenberg's 1986 film about a scientist who tests his theories on himself and becomes trapped in the nature of the creature he becomes. That film was charged with curiosity. Hollow Man uses the change simply as a stunt. Scientist becomes invisible, becomes sex fiend, goes berserk, attacks everyone. Hmm. Okay. That does actually make me wonder. We haven't really even, I haven't thought about this, but why do you think it's called the Hollow Man rather than the Invisible Man? Ooh. It's not that he's just invisible, but he's just like totally empty. Hmm. It's interesting. Hmm. I like that. Oh, you're. I like that. Yeah, I think um, Ebert is frustrating to me because he does the thing where he's rather than meets the art where it is, he's always like, "What? Why didn't it do the magical thing I wanted it to do?" No, I think I no no I disagree with your take on Ebert. Amazing. I I think he always meets meets the art where it is. I just think uh, he gets disappointed when movies with an exciting premise end in a car chase. Okay. Like that's a third act car chase. He'll grade down for that. There are certain yeah, things he always. That. There are certain things he always grades up for, and there are certain <laughs> things he always grades down for. Okay, that's good to know. I'm I'm sort of a. I have not read 800 reviews. I've only read about. You don't need 20. To. You don't need to. You form your own opinions. Mm, I just I, I sure need to do. see what Ebert says first. Yeah. Um, I I mean I think I I see what he's saying too is that this is a very simple story about a sex creep who is given the full reins of being a sex creep. Yeah. But I think if that's what Paul's interested in talking about and the screenwriter, it's like, that's what I mean, like meet it where it's at. Cause like, I don't know what crazy hijinks Roger would have wanted the scientists to get up to, but like, this is a story, a very simple story about a, a, a Oh, he does creep mess, giving power. He does mess with, um, I guess his, the character was credited as Wino. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. He just, like, messes with some dude's shopping cart full of recyclables. Incredible. Yeah. Just watch him, like, doesn't really do very much, but he just walks by and moves the cart, and that's it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what what hijinks should he have? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't don't know that I... I didn't didn't personally need it to be different in that way, Um, but I guess I, I can see he wanted the, like exploration of the power rather than just like the power giving way to what was already inherent in like they brings up the fly as like a I mean, curious film that was a line that was a line that matt says to him he says is it the power mm, or yeah. is it the serum or is it the power yeah and it's neither i think i mean i don't know what the screenwriter and paul think but it's like the ability to not get caught is really it's not that it gives him something that he's always had this. He's fucking, you, you noticed at the very first moment he comes on screen, he's, he's a cocky, angry person. And this is just gives him the space to do it. Um, yeah, let's see. Today's audiences have lost all interest in anything except mayhem. (laughs) Such an old man thing to say. This is a good, good phrase though. Or does Hollywood only think they have hollow man stars, Kevin Bacon, blah, blah, blah. Too bad, really, because the movie is supported by some of the most intriguing special effects I've seen. Early in the film, a chemical's pumped into bloodstream an invisible gorilla, and we see it racing up an artery to the heart and then fanning out into the circulatory system while the body remains invisible. It's like a roadmap of the veins. Amazing. 
I had that exact thought. Yeah. Like roadmap of the vein. Oh, like father, like son. Um, why I'm one. Why I'm wondering: Would the Pentagon spend a fortune on a secret underground lab to invent this process anyway? Uh, what, Roger? Like, it's clear that invisible men. I guess he's saying invisible men can be sensed by motion and heat. But as we saw in the movie, no one's wearing that shit. That's no one's. That's you can still get a quick shot those in thermal. Those thermal glasses are so embarrassing that you can have a. You can have seen two of your coworkers murdered. And, uh, and you just be like, yeah, but yeah, but I'm not I wearing that. These thermal goggles. <laughs> but also, like, what does he think we're gonna react to the world that like suddenly everyone is just like? I mean, that is interesting, Roger. I don't think Roger really ran with his idea, but it's like if we did, if the government suddenly invented invisibility, would the public world react in a way that like we're suddenly all wearing heat sensing glasses? And have like apps on our phone to like, I don't know. It's like, I don't even invisibility is a fucking crazy power, Roger. I, I think the Pentagon would invest in it if it's a possibility. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why that's his bone to pick. Yeah. This isn't a, this isn't a worthwhile investment. That's not the same bone. I, that's not a bone I would have thought to pick. Yeah. All right. Last line. Um, but it brings nothing to a, the party. Um, I don't know what it is, so I don't care. Uh, the most simplistic elements. Paul Verhoeven is the director of Robocop, Total Recall, and Basic Instinct, films with imagination and wit. Hollow Man follows his Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah, he didn't like Starship Troopers either. Another another failure. You can't be right all the time. Can't be right all the time. In which mankind ventures to the stars in order to squish bugs. Here's a guy who needs an injection of idealism. Huh. All right. That's a way to close it out. An injection of idealism. I guess he's playing on the um, serums talk. We could all use an <laughs> injection of idealism. Yeah. Um, so I get, uh, are you asking when will it end? For I'm, eager, I'm eager to see what they do with the next one for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is another cool example of, I don't, I'm not, I'm honestly sort of excited by the fact that this is a DVD. Like I don't need another, like the, the Linda and Matt's Chronicles. I'm excited to see where this like loose loose theme gets connected to a different storyline. Sort of like the purge. It's like I don't need another one with Ethan and we glad we didn't get one. It's like I just want another world of Hollow Man. Yeah. I'm um I'm excited that this is straight to DVD. Mm. This is like here's a very exciting premise and like all right, well what if you don't have so much like the CGI was wonderful in this but like Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that could be yeah bad cgi i mean who knows maybe it'll be fine the screenwriter's back so at least we have some continuation of creator which is always nice to carry that so i think yeah i think we're in good hands yeah paul's out some other guys in but some other guys in um yeah i, I also, we won't see people also what is what is 2000 you know what's this this theme in 2006 gonna look like yeah so um, I'm eager to see. I'm excited. So I'm excited. I, this is a really fun, um, fun thing to to grab and and run with. And uh, Felipe, did you? I don't know if you're you create if you want to share anything with the world other than this. Um, I give space for guests to like share their art or anything that they think people would be interested in if they liked listening to you pivot around a mic. But um, if you don't, then no, that's I'm fine. just psyched to be here. Hell yeah, I'm just psyched to be here. <laughs> yeah, do you want to? Uh, yeah, just read. I guess you just want people to read more, Roger. Okay, if everyone, if they want, everyone, everyone, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Great. Yeah. All right, I'll be back next week.